Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 75 with Pierrette Tierney of Magleby Construction. This episode is awesome. We dive into lots of different topics, but we talk about their company history and why they've decided to vertically integrate lots of pieces of the business and kind of the benefits that have come along with that. I think you'll find it pretty interesting and uh, helpful to you. And then we also talk about uh, kind of taking a more sniper approach to marketing if you are kind of targeting that super high-end clientele. So we, we cover that as well and kind of the specifics around what activities, you know, Pirette and her team are doing on a weekly or monthly basis to enable that. So I uh, think you guys will really enjoy this. Again, it's a really interesting company history and background and lots of actionable pieces of information for you. So uh, let's dive right in. Hey, Pirette, glad to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for the conversation because you and I connected originally. Uh, I saw you guys were doing some cool things on the marketing side, but uh, as you and I connected and started talking, I realized, gosh, you have an incredible company history and some some really interesting and cool things going on. So I thought it would be awesome to also kind of dig into that in our conversation today. But um, before we get too deep in the weeds, maybe you can just give us a little bit of your background and then how you got involved in the construction world and then the, the family business, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a, a pretty long history in uh, construction and real estate, which is interesting because it's definitely not a path that I thought I would take. Um, I went to undergrad at UC San Diego and studied communications and actually vocal performance. I was a singer. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, I, yeah. and then awesome. I went to graduate school at USC and studied journalism. And I ended up having a friend who worked at Pulte Homes in Las Vegas that was uh, part of the big college recruiting movement in the early 2000s. And I actually helped her set up recruiting trips to USC. Um, more as a, a friend versus an interested party in sure. home building. <laughs> and anyway, but she was a great salesperson, still one of the best, Katie Waiter. Uh, worked with her for a long time at Pulte. And she ended up selling me on kind of coming into the home building world. And Pulte relocated me to Las Vegas and paid for my real estate license. And one of the things that I found that I loved about it was that it was different every day. Uh, different from journalism, but kind of a similar, like you don't really know what you're going to get into every single day. And so I liked that spontaneity and that continual learning element of it and ended up kind of moving through the management ranks pretty quickly. Went from Pulte to Taylor Morrison, and I was there for close to 10 years. Loved the organization and ultimately was division president in the Bay Area for them. Right on. And my husband's family business has been in this kind of similar path here in the state of Utah, um, but much more custom. So my experience <clears throat> kind of grew from production to more urban in the Bay Area, some semi-custom there. And now I work at Magleby Construction in a fully custom construction environment. So 
It's gotcha. been fun to explore all these different areas of, of our industry. Yeah, yeah, you've seen a lot. And so now that you're with uh, Magoby Construction, what are you doing, you know, there? What's kind of your role and your specialty? Yeah, so I came on as VP of Business Development. And it's an interesting structure where we are truly much more of a construction company. What I've realized about a lot of the large publicly traded, you know, kind of regional, all of those production builders is that they're really more of a project manager kind of function. And they, you know, sub out and hire a lot of the trade groups to actually build the homes. Mm-hmm. Here at Magleby, we've got a vertically integrated workforce. So we actually have our excavation teams and carpentry teams, and we have our own mills. We build our own doors and cabinetry. So just the depth of what we do has been an interesting shift for me. And so my role in business development isn't only just getting new custom clients for our estate home and remodel group, but it's also helping to recruit for our employee base, for our trades, getting involved in kind of getting them out into the network of general contractors that are interested in working with us. So it's been a really fun breadth of, I guess, business development. Yeah, yeah, you've got quite the variety going on. And and let's dive into the vertic- vertical integration piece, yeah. because you're right, you don't see that very often. And I think that's very unique. And I guess I'm curious, where did you start within, you know, that where where's kind of the company roots, but then why was that decision made? Because you do see a lot of people kind of go, yeah, I'll just sub this out. And then you end up kind of being that project manager. Yeah. So my father-in-law who started Magleby Construction about 45 years ago, Um, He started as a framer himself, and so he always kind of had a passion for the trades and and understood how much of, you know, their work really reflects, right, on the GC. And the more you can control the parts and pieces of both schedule and quality, the faster you can sort of improve and drive your business. And so as he elevated into really, really high-end luxury custom homes, I mean, the houses that we build out here are pretty remarkable if anyone's ever been to Magleby Construction's website. But it's, you know, extremely discerning clients who want every detail to be perfect. And so kind of the way he got into some of the trades was that he would get frustrated with what mm. he was receiving from the market and was like, forget it. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, right. Do it myself. Yeah, classic, <laughs> so right? Bring classic it in house, like one thing at a time. <laughs> um, and we really have focused, I mean, we have excavation. Part of that is just because he also loves equipment. He likes to play on equipment. So we buy a lot of our own in-house equipment. Um, but a lot of the other trade groups I found we focused in like carpentry, Finnish carpentry in Utah. There's a lot of woodwork in our homes. Um, The cabinetry and the mill operations. So to be able to build your own cabinets and doors and moldings, that's like the kitchen is the heart of your home, right? Mm -hmm. That's the part and the piece and the doors. That's what the homeowner is going to interact with every day and touch and feel. And there's a big difference when the quality is there and the customization is there. And so a lot of it was literally control, right? They wanted yeah. to control quality and schedule. And then now, as everyone in the industry, whether you're production or custom understands, labor is just a nearly impossible thing to recruit for. Uh, we now, you know, it's been a really good model for us because now we've got guys who've been with our company for 30, 40 years 
um, who are loyal, who are recruiting their family and their friends. And yeah. so again, we're just trying to control our destiny as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And I would imagine as my mind is racing, I want to jump into several areas here, cool. but we'll start with, um, I guess, from the the sales and marketing front, I would imagine, you know, it gets a little more complex because you have different customers. And just as you're describing that you have your own mills, I'm sure it's not just to fuel your own projects, but you probably sell, you know, to just, you know, other companies that need that as well. And so I guess, does it fall into different buckets? Is that a challenge? You know, cause that's different from saying, Hey, I'm going to sell a home and that's all I'm marketing versus you kind of almost got these different business units, I would imagine. hundred percent. Our org chart is very confusing. <laughs> we, yeah. um, we actually about, four or five years ago, we rebranded some of our trade base to be masterpiece trade services because we were finding that a lot of other general contractors have found our team. And it's a great way for us to, you know, ensure that they're leveraged over our projects are typically the priority, of course. But if there's gaps in a queue, especially when you're doing custom stuff, um, you know, there's just things that that have gaps. And so they're able to then supplement by working for outside trade or outside general contractors. So I spend a lot of time, again, kind of getting their name out in addition mm-hmm. to Magleby Construction. And the reason for the rebrand was our, our name is pretty well known in Utah and the other general contractors don't love when a Magleby truck pulls up on their job. <laughs> so uh, the masterpieces worked really well. Um, And then right around the time that I I moved out to Utah, we actually have also branched into commercial millwork. So we're technically an international company now. We have right on, congrats. Yeah, we have a mill in Mexico that's producing commercial cabinetry. So I spend time getting to go down there and promote that business as well. So um, and then we've branched into uh, Sun Valley, Idaho, and we're moving into Big Sky, Montana. So it's this combination of promoting marketing um, brands, as well as kind of helping us strategically interview markets. Yeah, that's interesting. So how many brands do you have under the, you know, the one roof, I guess, so to speak? Right. So we have Magleby Construction, which has sub brands like Estate Homes, Remodel, Property mm-hmm. Services, there's certain, you know, other subcategories. Then we have Masterpiece, and that incorporates more of our trade base and our cabinet mills. And then we actually also, another reason um, to kind of control our own destiny, we were finding when you're in a custom environment, you're typically partnering with outside creative architects from all over the country, which is fantastic. And you get really unique designs. And that's why we build everything from, you know, French country to extremely contemporary because we're not pigeonholed to working with one architectural style. Sure. The downside to that for our field teams is that you never get construction documentation that's consistent. Mm. And so again, a few years ago, we actually started our own architectural drafting studio. And that's also in Mexico. Okay. They are phenomenal. They do BIM modeling and use a lot of technology to do 3D renderings. And some of the things you're seeing more in commercial space Mm -hmm. um, and bringing that into the residential world. So our creative architects handle the design, and then a lot of them are handing off that back-end documentation to our Studio MX team, our third brand, um, to kind of help us navigate that bridge between architecture and what's being built in the field. 
Yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, so let's jump back to the vertical integration piece just for a second, I guess for companies that are maybe listening to this and going, Hmm, I hadn't thought about that before, or maybe they had, I guess, are there any criteria or just general advice that you would give to somebody that's maybe considering that and just going, I'm sure there's pros and cons. Obviously you guys have felt like there's way more pros kind of that control your own destiny and have more control over all the moving parts. But, uh, you know, is there a good way to think about that? You know, if somebody's listening to this going, hmm, do I want to go down that path right. or not? Because right. I'm sure it brings, you know, other things too that you don't always think of. For sure. Yeah, it's a, you know, it is really a different world. Some of it, I mean, our mill operates more like a manufacturing facility. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of understanding how to make things as efficient as possible in a controlled environment. Um, I definitely think, you know, we've brought in outside consultants who have been in the car industry and, and other manufacturing style industries to help us just think in that mentality versus thinking like a builder. Um, the biggest challenge, I think, with bringing trades in-house is, of course, the dedication to now having a much larger, diverse employee base. Mm-hmm. You've got to really think that through as a management team as well as, um, I guess, just kind of trying to keep everyone together because you've got sort of this office-based mentality and then you've got a field-based mentality. And we really try to do a good job of ensuring that those teams understand that they are a unified front. And um, But it, it takes some effort for sure. You're just managing a lot more HR, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. A lot more people. Yeah, a lot more uh, interactions between people and different styles, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be willing to really dedicate the time to the training of it as well. So we train on sort of the professionalism and attitude and accountability and all of that all the way through our system, right? Whether you're the IT guy or you're the laborer in the field, we all get consistent training on kind of that personality side. But then you also have to be really dedicated to training on building sciences and Mm -hmm. making sure that the guys in the field can meet the quality level and that you can, you know, ensure that new people coming into the organization have a system and a training mechanism in place because otherwise you're, you're just as well off to hire out to somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And I would imagine I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, you mentioned one of the big benefits is that uh, you started to have people that would stay with you for a long time. And then they're even recruiting people into your Mm -hmm. company. And so the labor challenge maybe hasn't hit you as hard as some other people that are describing that but you've also now got you know more people on the payroll and you're having to kind of keep this machine turning do you feel like um do you feel like one of the biggest challenges is uh making sure you have enough work to keep all the components going because obviously you can't scale up and down as quickly by just saying oh yeah well we just won't hire that piece if we don't have the work Or has that really been a non-issue because you kind of just have more exposure by being bigger? You know, it's interesting. I always feel personally, right, because I'm kind of in charge of bringing new business into the organization at all these different levels. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel a level of pressure, right? (laughs) Because I'm like, oh my gosh, all of these guys are, and girl, women are dependent on 
us having work at every single level and having consistent work, right? I mean, that's always the challenge with home building, the ups and the downs. And I'm not even talking market cycles. I'm just talking like this estate home is finishing and my next one isn't permitted yet. And now I've got a two month gap of like, what am I going to do with these hundred people? Um, So I think that's where we really felt like diversification of the company you know, kind of having some of these sub brands that allowed us the most flexibility possible is the best. Um, obviously, right now, we're all super fortunate that the construction industry is incredibly strong, yeah. but we aren't blinded by the fact that we are in an industry that's cyclical. So we're constantly forecasting in advance. The nice thing about custom construction is you're typically kind of lining up your clients pretty far out. Um, you know, so we're, we call it looking, looking at the windshield view. So Mm -hmm. we're looking two, three years out in advance of like, what's our queue of work? What holes do we need to fill? What gaps do we need to fill? And trying to be really smart about hiring as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. And speaking of kind of these higher end clientele, I know that's something that you guys transition to and have a big focus on. Um, I guess, how does the marketing to that audience differ from um, maybe, you know, just kind of going after kind of those middle of the road projects or uh, that sort of thing? Because I know a lot of our listeners are moving. Everyone's trying to push their dollar project up, I would say, for the most part, not everybody, but a lot of people do like to make that move. Um, do you feel like that was a good move? And then, yeah, how does the marketing look different? Yeah, so it's been an interesting learning curve for me because coming from the big builders like a Pulte and a Taylor Morrison, it's funny, I, I loved my national marketing manager and hopefully I can say this on air, but we used to like say the, the goal for marketing in a big corporation like that is like masses of asses. Like you need to get yeah. a lot of people through the door of every community. And it's almost like this conversion ratio, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. how many people can I drive to the website? How many of those can I convert to a visit to an office? How many of those can I convert to a contract, etc. right? It's almost a mathematical equation. Um, I have had to learn the exact opposite <laughs> of that in the custom world. Um, we have a very kind of exclusive um, window of the type of client that makes sense for our business model. And so rather than this shotgun approach, it's very sniper approach. It's very specific. Um, We don't spend a lot of money on advertising. Our website is not a traffic generating website. It's more of a third party testimonial very likely our client has heard about us through some personal connection or organic connection that I've made in the market or that someone on my team has made in the market um, or a personal referral from a past client. And then they're going to our website just to validate that we kind of are who we say we are. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that that there's a big difference in custom and because your resources are far more limited when you're a smaller family run business, you can't spend millions of dollars on advertising. You can't even spend thousands of dollars on advertising a lot of times. So it's how do you personalize it? How do you put yourself out there with the right circle of influencers that are connected to that affluent custom buyer? We keep an eye on lot transactions. So most of our clients are coming to us 
either while they're looking for a custom home site or they have recently purchased a custom home site. Um, we make connections with local high-end realtors, architects, interior designers, people who kind of run in that circle of, um, you know, where our customers are coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I think, you know, you're right. It's more that sniper approach when you are so focused on that, that top end of the market. Um, so what does that look like tactically, you know, on a weekly basis? You know, what kinds of things are you saying, I've got to be doing these on a regular basis? Are you inviting people to lunch or you stopping by their office or you going to a networking event? Like what does that kind of shake out to look like? Definitely. So I'd say one of the first things that I did when I got here was realized that I technically am the VP of business development, but I needed to ensure that our entire team of 200 members understood that they are also frontline business development, right? Yeah. If you're a site manager and you're interacting with our estate home client that's spending $20 million and you impress them, you are representing Magleby so that they go out to their friends and tell their circle of friends about their experience. So I spent a lot of time kind of helping to educate the entire team on, you guys, we put together, we put forth a brand every day in every interaction that we do, right? So that I could grow, I could have a faux team uh, of a lot more people than I technically can do on my own. Um, my day-to-day, you know, I do spend a lot of time out just networking, being in the community, whether that's through business-to-business type events, um, whether that's one-to-one lunches with specific realtors or developers. I keep a really close eye on what's happening with new projects that are coming into the market. The nice thing is, again, I, I have a pretty limited group that I need to make sure I'm in front of. Um, you know, there's a handful of developments in kind of the Park City area or the Sun Valley area that are going to transact at a lot price that makes sense for our product price. Sure. Um, so that, you know, that's a good part of my day. The other thing that we have started to do at Magleby that I personally don't love social media, like I don't use it as a per- like personally all that much, mm-hmm. but I recognize it's a total necessary evil that we've got to, you know, kind of improve our presence on especially as we're starting to see our buyers get younger and younger. There's a tech (laughs) boom here in Utah. I'm sure there are in other places too, but we have this whole area called Silicon Slopes. And it's amazing how many like 20 and 30 year olds millionaires there are out there now. So, and that's, you know, that's, those are the platforms that they're comfortable on. So while I am not a total expert in social media, um, I did bring someone onto the team a millennial who is studying, you know, digital media and college right now, and he's been awesome. So we've really tried to make sure that we are posting something daily and kind of just, again, connecting third-party testimonial and being relevant. Yeah, I think that's that's smart because, yeah, you're, you're, it's like that windshield view you're talking about. You're looking down the road and you're going, gosh, all these buyers are growing up on these platforms. And uh, if you look at some of the data, I mean, they trust what they see on social or third-party reviews just as much as a personal like friend coming and telling them something. They're almost equal in their mind. And so if you can get some of what's happening in the real world and just showcase it online, it becomes a, a powerful tool. Calling all builders and remodelers. It's that time of year. We're gathering data for our state of home builder and state of remodeler marketing reports. 
This will be the fourth annual State of Builder Marketing Report and the second annual State of Remodeler Marketing Report. Now, in exchange for five minutes of your time, we're giving away a $200 gift card for the winner, but everyone is getting some sweet bonuses after the completion of the survey. And we're also making it super easy to participate this year. So just text survey to 33777 and we'll send you the survey link right away. Again, we're doing a $200 prize for the winner and everyone that completes the survey gets some bonuses. So just text survey to 33777 and we'll send you the link. I like that approach too of saying, hey, I've got 200 people out here that are basically a part of my marketing. And that's something that I talk about a lot is like, everything is marketing. It's the experience mm -hmm. that you have while you're delivering the project, you know, because that's what's going to fuel that person to maybe say something about you guys or not, or say something bad. And so um, I, I love that approach. You're probably spending more just on time maybe than dollars, but you're doing all that training, which is, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people take that step. So that's, that's super cool. Um, and you just mentioned social media as I was going to ask, you know, like how important do you think it is? And it sounds like it's trending maybe more important in your mind, but uh, you said the website is kind of that third party, just, Hey, go verify who we are. Do you see that shifting at all for you as well, or mainly on the, the social media front? Um, you know, I think, I think people still like to visit websites, but we're finding we're actually in the process of evaluating if we want to redo our website. It's about five or six years old now, I think. And while we update it, it's like the framework is still five or six years old. Sure. Yeah. And people just don't have the same level of patience maybe that they had in the past. I feel like ours is rather text heavy. We obviously have a really complicated story, I think mm -hmm. in general. And so uh, everyone wants to like try and tell everything on a website and people nowadays, they just want to go in and see the beautiful pictures of the homes that we've built in the past, scroll those and then call me. So, um, you know, I'm not finding that people are spending the time to dig through all of those details um, and so I think that's where a lot of builders are going to have to evaluate. I think photography and videography are super yeah. important. Um, the nice thing is that if you can kind of build it once and then use it everywhere, that's the best method, right? So if I can have my digital marketing guy go out, he also happens to be a photographer and a videographer. He's like very multifaceted. Perfect. So if I can have him film a super cool video of us, like he just did one the other day up on this mountaintop property where we were installing a steel stainless steel pool into this estate home. Um, it was like this beautiful video scene, right? And then I can post that on Instagram and Facebook and then put it on the website. So it's like, if you can spend that resource once and use it for multiple reasons, it's fantastic. The other thing that we're finding from kind of a website and social media side is just Honestly, in addition to recruiting clients, we're almost as focused or equally focused on recruiting talent into mm -hmm. our company. Yeah. And I think every construction industry, whether, you know, yeah, we all talk about qualified labor, but it's hard to even find project managers and back office staff and all of it. Um, and so the, the more you can put forth a really incredible presence in all of those platforms, the more you're going to drive interest, both from a consumer perspective, as well as potential employee base. 
Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. We've found that to be the case too. We've hired a couple new people here this year and and in both cycles of that hiring process, people have been looking at us on social media and going, gosh, I love your culture. I can see all this stuff about your team and they feel like they get to know us a little bit. And it's a good way to see if they're a good match. They actually, you know, think that that sounds exciting. So um, I, I like that you mentioned that. And I guess uh, switching gears a little bit, if we sure. look to the future a little bit, you know, fast forward, you know, a year or two out, what are you kind of most excited about with where you guys are going? So it's been really fun to explore um, some new market opportunities. So our latest one is Big Sky Montana. Mm, cool. um, I'm not sure if you're in the custom world, you've maybe heard of kind of Yellowstone Club and some of the activity that's going up there. Montana, I feel like used to be like completely undiscovered, right? And and now it's definitely been found. Yeah. So we've <laughs> always succeeded in those high-end mountain markets and it's one of those areas where I think a professional builder like Magleby Construction coming in, doing it the right way, finding a local base of employees and kind of building organically from the ground up. Uh, it's just kind of, it's a fun new adventure. Um, and then, you know, honestly, our team down in Mexico has been super exciting to see that growth and to be able to provide them with a more, I guess, Americanized work environment where mm -hmm. they really feel valued. We're training them. We're offering them this, you know, culture where work is a place that you want to go. And it's not just work. It's trying to elevate them personally as well, help them grow. We do a lot of leadership training, you know, read a lot of books that help them just understand how to be more successful in everything that they do. And they're just so grateful and so um, wonderful to work with. So it's been really fun to kind of have this new cultural environment involved in our company. Yeah, that's so cool. That's awesome to hear. And uh, I've got a, a few more questions for you before, before I get to those. Uh, people want to learn more about you or connect with you or Magleby Construction. What's the best place to, to connect? Yeah. So um, our website is pretty simple. It's just maglebyconstruction.com and all of our links to social media are posted there. So that's probably the fastest way to reach our company. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That's one social media platform that I, you know, I don't post a lot, but I do stay connected with a lot of people. I've just moved so much. I've been in Vegas sure. and Scottsdale <laughs> and Sacramento and the Bay Area and now Park City. And so, um, you know, it's a great way to stay connected in the industry. And I think I'm just pure at Tierney on LinkedIn. And I, cool. really, I think I'm probably the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would guess so. And we'll make sure we link those in the show notes for everybody as well. Make it easy. Um, so the last segment of our show is called the fast five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions. You can just say what, what comes to mind and, uh, and we'll go from there. But, uh, first question is what is your favorite business book and why? You know, I actually don't read a lot of business books. There I you might go. Be All one right. of the few people <laughs> out there. I, uh, I actually just like to glean from others' um, vision that are around me. So close circle of friends versus reading somebody's book that I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, do you want to throw in a, a favorite book in general? Um, I tend to read like historical fiction books. Okay. So kind cool. of try to get out of my day-to-day -day world and read yeah. something that's fun. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I find too, sometimes when you get out of that world, then you draw ideas from that anyway. That helps. So. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, who is the most inspirational person in your life? Mm, definitely my mother. Probably a lot of people say that, but um, she's just always been a really strong female role model for me. And I think surviving in residential construction and kind of a man's world, she's always taught me to be really confident. And I think that's where I've gotten to today because of her. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite superpower. Ooh. Or if you could have um, one now, superpower, what would it be? <laughs> it's funny. My parents, my uh, friends have always said that I have like the strongest willpower of anyone. Like I can, I can make things happen if I think about them enough. Um, for example, I have brown eyes and I've always wanted two blue eyed children and I have two blue eyed children. So, um, I think I have this power to manifest things if it's something that I really, really am passionate about. That's awesome. All right. And then if you could, uh, I guess, pick up a superpower, what would that be? Ooh, that's kind of fun. Um, Hmm. That's a tough one. Maybe. I don't think I want to read people's minds. That might be too. <laughs> yeah, there's been a movie or two on that and it gets yeah. a little dicey. Yeah. I think, you know, I probably want to like be able to uh, transport myself immediately. I love to travel. So I think I would want to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to Europe today and just be there without the, the travel component. Great choice. That's the best one. That's the one I picked too. Is it? <laughs> so, yeah. Teleportation for sure. Um, all right. Describe yourself in three words. Hmm. confident caring and creative very cool you got three, three C's in there too yeah that was perfect all right final question <laughs> if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would that be I think that probably the biggest piece of advice that I have always um, kind of lived by is to just be open-minded in everything that you get exposure to um, open-minded in hiring process, open-minded in exploring opportunities that maybe you kind of question if it's the right path. Um, I have just kind of, I don't always say yes to everything, but I at least am open-minded to learning more. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. And uh, Pirit, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to connect. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Pierrette Tierney of Magleby Construction. And again, I know you're on the go, so let's talk action items and takeaways. There were two big ones that stood out to me. The first one being that vertical integration piece. So you may not want to go down that path, but I think building on her last piece of advice, which was being open to new ideas and exploring them, I think it's worth sitting down for a little bit and just thinking through your business and saying, hey, are there other pieces that I could bring in house that maybe I'm subbing out on a regular basis now? And what would that look like? Would it bring any additional benefit? What would be kind of the challenges that would come along with that? Because of course, nothing's ever just going to be perfect, but it might bring a lot more benefit to you. So you may decide to go that route, you may not, but I think you'll learn a lot going through that exercise. The second one was really thinking about her comment where she mentioned that, hey, I've got 200 people that can really be a force for marketing. And so I think thinking about your team as uh, part of your marketing efforts and that every interaction with you know, potential customers, current customers, partners, vendors, anybody like that, uh, they can have a huge influence over somebody referring more people to you and kind of building that 
uh, that marketing flywheel, so to speak. So I think those two things were really great action items from today's episode. And again, really appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Radio.